With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddy? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome to the program. It's already in progress. Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. It's a Tuesday. A lot to digest, talk about. Want to bring back a comment Tim Tebow made yesterday that made the rounds around the country, and rightfully so. 877-3DP-SHOW, email address, dp at danpatrick.com, Twitter handle at dpshow. We hear from Josh Allen coming up, Jalen Hurts as well, and Tom Brady. Your participation is welcome. You can dial us up, email, tweet, all the above. If you're on chat row, we say good morning. Also, those watching on Peacock, our streaming partner, download that app. You can watch for free. Make sure you sign up for the newsletter. And by the way, in case you didn't know, it's Paul's birthday week. Yeah, let's go. Happy yeah. birthday. I'm getting into this. Yeah. Paulie won't celebrate it, but we will, and so <laughs> can you. All week long, buy one T-shirt, get another one 50% off, and you can thank Paulie for the discount. Go to danpatrick.com. Stat of the day is always brought to you by our great friends at Panini America, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. Poll question, play of the day, stat of the day, all of that forthcoming. The Titans against the Bills. Well, it was interesting for a little while. It was 7-7, and then the Bills scored the next 34 points. The Bills have outscored the opposition 72-17 to through the first two games. And then you factor in who they beat. They beat the Rams, and they beat the Titans. The Titans, the number one seeded team last year in the AFC. And the Rams, of course, the Super Bowl champs. The last time the Bills posted a better point differential through the first two games, you have to go back to 1981. Stat of the day, stat of the day, stat of the day, stat of the day. Here comes that what? Stat of the day. Had a playoff-like atmosphere, but I think every home game in Buffalo is going to have that. I know that we use that word destiny. We use it too often. 
and uh, we use it incorrectly, you can't control your own destiny. You can check that. Look it up. I don't think you can control your own destiny. You cannot. I don't think so. If it's destined, it's going to happen whether yes. you have some control that you think of it or not. Well, Google it. Can you control your own destiny? Yes, Paul. What if we were destined to have a bad show today, but we found out we were destined? Can't we get it together? But and who a- would tell us that we're destined to have a bad show? Maybe that's the thing. You can't find out your destiny. Yeah. You just have to experience yes. it. Yes. Todd, do you have the official definition of can you control your own destiny? Believing that you control your own destiny means you have recognized your internal focus of control. It means you take responsibility for your thoughts and actions and their outcomes. By thinking this way, you can become unstoppable. You can learn how to control your destiny. You can learn how to. But I don't think you could actually control it. Control it. Yes, Eden. So I was just looking up destiny as well, right? And then, uh, but a definition of fate came up. Yeah. And this explanation of fate uh, is interesting. Mm. It says, is fate real? If everything is already mapped out, what would inspire change and why? Yes, fate is real, but it's not predestined by anybody else other than us. What people generally call destiny is nothing but what they essentially end up creating unconsciously. Ooh. Ooh. New t-shirt? <laughs> That's got a little wordy. <laughs> a, l- a little wordy there. So essentially, we're not destined to have a bad show today unless we unconsciously make ourselves have a bad show. Okay. But we can control having a good show. Sometimes. We can consciously control that. Yes, Todd? It's kind of like psychosomatic illnesses. Like you would normally be healthy, but you start thinking that there's something wrong with you, and all of a sudden you get an upset stomach, or you're, you start getting aches and pains because you've just convinced yourself that there's something wrong. And you would know that I better than anybody. Would. I am Mr. Psychosomatic. You are psycho. I have a little bit of... And a little somatic thrown in there as well. <laughs> you know, we talk about quarterback development, and... I was pretty rough on Josh Allen when he first got into the NFL because it looked like he was still trying to learn. You know, when uh, a fawn is is born in kind of or a giraffe and they're trying to find their legs and, you know, they're just not quite sure. But they have the talent. They have the athleticism. It's just going to take a little while. That's the feeling I had with Josh Allen. He was learning the job. You know, you watched him in Wyoming. He showed you, you know, brief glimpses of, wow, that guy, he can throw it as well as anybody. He's athletic. He's big. But it also came down to, can you learn that position? Athleticism will take you only so far in that position. You have to learn it. And if you learn it, you can survive without having great athleticism. Tom Brady's lasted. Ben Roethlisberger lasted. There are a lot of, you know, stationary quarterbacks who last because they understand the game. And Josh Allen last night gave you a glimpse of, wow, that's scary, of just sort of surveying the situation, going against a defensive-minded head coach and Mike Vrabel, and they had no answers whatsoever. Here is Josh Allen on, uh, uh, let's see, what changed in the second quarter with this team? What changed midway through the second quarter for you guys? Uh, just trying to be smart with the football. Uh, we had some guys make some unbelievable plays. Stephon Diggs got rolling. Uh, we protected extremely well. Um, we trusted our game plan. Our defense came up big for us. They made some stops, had some turnovers for us, gave some good field position. We played good complimentary football tonight. What's scary is when you know a quarterback is going to go to a wide receiver and you still can't do anything about it. But that's what's helped these quarterbacks. If you look at development, when you have a, a wide receiver, he can help out that young quarterback. And you have that now with Stephon Diggs. 
He helped boost Allen from 20 touchdown passes in 2019 to 37 in 2020. And now you even Jalen Hurts last night. He's got A.J. Brown. So you have that go-to guy. And here's Ryan Tannehill, who lost A.J. Brown. And they needed to have balance. Because if they're just going to rely on their running game, they're not going to be a formidable team. And you saw that last night. Derrick Henry, wonderful. But you do need to have that change up. And if it's just, we're going to run and continue to run, you're not going to be a formidable team. But I do like what I saw with Jalen Hurts. Here's, here's the thing. Standalone games. That's where everybody, the consensus, has an opinion on somebody. So you got to see this last night, and you're watching the entire game. Now, you might be flipping back and forth with the mothership, but you're able to see Josh Allen on display. And now that's two games you've seen nationally. You saw him against the Rams, and now you've seen Josh Allen play a full football game. Because that's the true test of watching a quarterback. Not just highlights, We've watched highlights before, and you go, God, that guy was killing it. And then you see some of the other plays that he makes, and then you go, well, maybe not. Maybe he forced some balls. Maybe he had a fumble. Uh, maybe he got sacked. But I love what I saw from Jalen Hurts, but I was in the minority. I loved him last year. Uh, you know, it felt like that he was maybe a quarterback that was going to be there and there was going to be a quarterback in waiting eventually for this team. But this team is ready to win. They're the best team in that division, in my opinion, and uh, thought that way last year as well. But now he's got a balanced team. That's as balanced as you'll find in the NFL. And that's not hyperbole. Offensive line, defensive line, that's a balanced team. Might not be the best team, but they're an extremely balanced team. Josh Allen had a standalone game. And I think that that's important, but Jalen Hurts had that too. So now people have an opinion of Jalen Hurts. Hey, MVP candidate, question mark. Well, did anybody see what he did against Detroit week one? Now, granted, it was Detroit, and you'd go, well, okay. Still put up unbelievable numbers in week one. I don't think anybody saw the game unless you're a Philly or a Lions fan. But when you have a standalone game, that's where you have an opinion that borders on hyperbole. Josh Allen, it's not hyperbole. And I do think Jalen Hurts is a good quarterback. Maybe he's going to be a very good quarterback. Maybe he's going to be great. But you got to have a good roster. You have to have a good wide receiver. Used to be you had to have a good running back and a good offensive line, and then you have that stout defense. That's how you win championships. That's not the way it goes. If I'm building, give me an offensive line. Because... If I have an offensive line, they can open up holes for a running back who might not be great. They can protect me. They can give me more time. Start with the offensive line. And it feels like it's, it's a wide receivers game now. I know that we look at it and go, it's a quarterback game. It is. But when you look at edge rusher and wide receiver, that's it. And Stefan Diggs, Stefan Diggs, it felt like could say to the secondary, I'm, I'm going to be going down 13 yards, and I'm going to turn in. Uh, I'll see you there. And he could have done that. What's the uh, stat you have on Stefan Diggs? I got a hot stat for you on Josh Allen, Dan, okay. that you were going to love. You were always concerned about Josh Allen running too much. Yes. Josh Allen had one carry in last night's game I for know. 10 yards. That was on the first or second drive. He got a first down. Okay. He did not run the ball again 
Over the past five years, he's had the second most running attempts of any quarterback in the league. Uh Josh Allen, guess how many games? He's had 62 career starts. How many games has he had one or fewer rushing attempts? One. One, last night. That's the least he's ever run in an NFL game. Uh, Jalen Hurts had a great night, uh, and he talked about the win after the game. I'm so locked in on just trying to do my job, um, execute my assignments, get the ball to where it's supposed to be, execute the the, the technique of the play, and it, it was very efficient tonight. You know, and I, that's the type of football that we want to play. We want to play consistently. We want to we want to be that way consistently. Jalen Hurts threw for one, ran for two. Uh, Devontae Smith getting involved. That is going to be essential. He had seven catches. He didn't have a catch in week one against the Lions. Having him involved, and then you have A.J. Brown. Now you have something formidable. And you help out Jalen Hurts. But Jalen Hurts is going to continue to run, and he should. That's one of his his strengths. I was surprised. Well, Josh Allen, it felt like, didn't have to run last night. It was one of those where you go, um, I normally run. I don't need to. But you watch the Titans and you go, hmm, that window of opportunity is closing. Closing. And then you look at the Vikings, and I know I said the Vi- I like the Vikings. Wouldn't be surprised if they won the, the division. But it's national TV, and Kirk D. Cousins didn't play well. They didn't play well. I'm going to give a lot of credit to the Eagles. They put a lot of pressure on Kirk. And they couldn't get anything going. But you're watching the Vikings, and it's prime time. You know, maybe if they played the Super Bowl at like one in the afternoon, (laughs) then the Vikings, uh, maybe that would help, you know, if they got that far. It's that, uh, you know, under the light stuff, man. That's the problem. And at what point do the Titans go... Well, let's let's see what we have with Malik Willis. Now, he got in the game. Now, it's going to be a little while... But, and here's another thing, the AFC South is terrible. You got the Texans. I mean, the Jags may be the best team there. They're in first place. My Jags, first place. Because we've seen what the Colts have done or not done. Then you have the Titans. So, nine win, first one to nine wins could win that division. But at what point do you make a change if you're the Titans, because it's going to happen. If it doesn't happen by later this season, it feels like next season that you want to all of a sudden go, let's, let's see what the kid has. And I don't know if it's this situation similar to San Francisco with Jimmy G and, and uh, you know, the uh, Trey Lance, the, the situation that they have, but it feels like Malik Willis is in the on deck circle. All right. We'll come up with a poll question. We'll take a break. Uh, a little bit later on, uh, big-time uh, TV star Michael Strahan, Good Morning America, will join us on the program. Wow. Yeah. He's a busy guy. Yeah, he is. Very busy. And also, we'll bring back a comment that Tim Tebow made yesterday. I thought it was a great story that he told. And uh, we'll have that for you coming up as well. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. 
This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game-changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast NBA DNA with Hannah Storm digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Following up my story of somebody on my wife's side of the family has a pet turtle, puts it in a baby carriage and takes it for a walk occasionally around the neighborhood. You imagine, because normally, you know, your normal reaction is when you see somebody with a baby carriage, you want to see what the baby looks like. 
And then all of a sudden you go, oh, can I take a look at the baby? And then you lift up the top of it, and then it's a turtle. Yes, uh, Pauline? I, I hesitate to ask this question, but what does this person's husband think of this activity? Uh, uh, she's not married. <laughs> so. That was a setup, by the way. If you leave the turtle for a maximum of two weeks, your turtle should be fine, according to uh, Fritzy. Where did you get this information? Just a little Google action. Okay. Well, but we're, we're telling people to leave a, a turtle unattended for two weeks. We should make sure this no, is good. No, if you do. Right, we shouldn't encourage that. No, no. Uh, the water won't evaporate, and uh, the dirtiness of the water will be tolerable. But if you leave your turtle alone for more than two weeks, you need somebody to come over and change the water. This is not official medical advice from any licensed veterinarian. <laughs> I don't anything, think it's so a, you know. Take that with a grain of salt. Okay. Uh, I wouldn't leave Fritzy in charge of anything for two weeks. That any- would not be a good idea. I wouldn't leave Fritzy alone for two weeks. There'd be like pizza all over me and just things hanging from the ceiling. Uh, Neil in Ohio. Hi, Neil. What's on your mind? Hey, DP. Good morning. Good morning. My next, my next door neighbor, uh, Jim, has a box turtle named Snorky. And Snorky turned 40 a few years ago. Mm. And we celebrated my wife Kelly's 40th on the same day. And we called it Snorkella, a music festival. And we're having another one this year. We hope you guys can make it. Oh, wow. Okay. We'll send the invitation there, Neil. I like that. Snorkella. Snorkella. All right. All right. Yes, Pauline. I had a buddy growing up named Dan Polonis, and he was in a band. And every year he'd have an outdoor party at his house, and he called it Lala Polonis. Okay. <laughs> Lala Palooza. I would think if you're like Bill Belichick holds a party, it's Coach Cella. Coach Cella. What do you think? Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, you got to give me a little more enthusiasm than that. That's a good poll. Coach Chellen? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Fair bloop. enough. Yeah. Oh, now it's a begrudging bloop like a <laughs> bloop. <laughs> that That's like Heinz ketchup where yeah. they pour it out. It's not exactly a bloop. Bloop with a question mark. A bloop. Bloop. <laughs> Bloop. Okay. Oh, that's right. You do that occasionally. My bad. Only sometimes. <laughs> yes. Yes. I found another turtle factoid. Again, this is not from some kind of turtle doctor of any kind. In terms of days, a turtle can survive around 160 days without food. However, they must also have access to water during this time period, as well as a healthy amount of sunlight. Yeah, I, I don't want to have somebody go, I, I was listening to your show and I left my turtle for 160 days. Yeah, now my, it's dead. Uh, Dan, my worst of the weekend, we left my kid's turtle for two weeks while we went to Jersey Shore Yeah, uh, and just it, came back instead. Yeah, I hope you're happy. Not that that's how our audience sounds. I always like when you go, you're trying to uh, be the voice of the fan and they always, you know, like, oh, they, yeah, okay, okay you guys right. think it. Yeah. Yeah, Polly. Why would anyone want a turtle as a pet? That doesn't seem like a very interactive animal. Like cats, well, a goldfish. Yeah, why would they're you not want, interactive? What's what's the joy in it? I guess. And I'm not making fun of turtle owners. I'm asking because, like, if you have a dog, <laughs> dogs kind of are interactive. Even cats, are, whilst whilst lethargic, yeah, are interactive. Yeah. Like a turtle, what are you doing? You're rolling around with it. You petting it. And I'm I'm really asking. I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's in the eye of the beholder. You have somebody who have an aquarium, and then they love to have these killer fish, and then they feed the fish, and they go, <laughs> you know? 
What's the activity level of a live turtle versus a dead turtle? Like, it could be there for a month. You'd probably still have the same level of enjoyment. Yes, Todd. And a goldfish at least swims around, and you could kind of make eye contact with it. It does that little pucker thing as if it's trying to kiss you or talk to you up at the glass. There's something there. A turtle, like, barely moves. I don't even, there's nothing there. Hmm. Okay. Ooh, anywho. Anywho. Uh, let's do our uh, former Alabama quarterback draft. And then uh, I'll, I'll get to some phone calls. Okay, so let's say today your football team needed a quarterback. Right. You got to sign one for five years, and everyone gets the same amount of money. Right. Would you take Jalen Hurts, Mac Jones, Tua Tagovailoa? Five years, same money today. They're all generally the same age. They're all under 25. All right, Hurts and Tua Tagovailoa play on better offensive teams. So you don't know what type of offense you have. Yeah. You just these three are your your off season. What am you picking up? And you got to give me your first place, and then who you take last. And then we'll fill in the rest. But I think it's unfair because I don't. Mac Jones doesn't have any offensive weapons. But Where, he didn't have any last year, and he had the best rookie season probably. Yeah, Tua has two unbelievable weapons that are actually too fast for his arm. Yes, they are. And then Jalen Hurts has a talented roster as well. All right, so we're just taking all of that out of the equation. Todd, quarterback you're going to take first. Recency bias, I'm going to go with Jalen Hurts. All right, and then second. Tua. All right. Seton O'Connor, Patriots apologist. I'm going to go with, uh, actually take Tua last because of his injury history. Okay. Then I would take McCorkle. I would have him at second, so can, okay. uh, but I would take Jalen Hurts, not because of uh, necessarily recency bias, right. but just right. offers a little more. Marv? I am going off a of recency bias, and I'm going to say Jalen Hurts first, two a second, Mac third. Okay. Paul? I'm going to go two a last for the same thing, the injury, and just he doesn't seem to be, I think we're not, I don't think it's going to get much better. Jalen, I think they're all three B-level passers. So based off them never being great passers, Hurts is a dangerous runner. I would take that. It's a necessary weapon. Yeah, I would take Hurts. It feels like it doesn't matter what my roster is going to be like. I can tap into those abilities. He's better at doing more things than the other quarterbacks are. Uh, McCorkle can't run. Tua doesn't run that much. He'll extend a play or two. But Mack would probably be the better passer here. But yeah, I would I would go I'd go Jalen, then Mac, and then Tua. Yeah, Paul. Mac Jones rookie year stats. He had thirty eight hundred yards, sixty eight percent passer, twenty two touchdowns, and thirteen interceptions. Those are pretty high end yeah. for a rookie on an average team. Yes. And they made the playoffs. I don't know if he got enough credit for what they did. But you I mean, I'm I tried to watch the Steelers and the Patriots. I was bored. And it's rare when I watch a football game and I go, this is not fun. Not fun. No. It was just boring. Uh, let's see. Rick in Arizona. Hi, Rick. What's on your mind today? Hi. <clears throat> Rick, uh, 5'11", 195. <laughs> well, I called in because I was at that Arizona game, and I'm actually the fan in the stands. So the best of the weekend was watching the Cardinals come back from a 23-point deficit. I mean, that was a game in itself was amazing. Worst of the weekend was the cameras being honest as the guy slapped Kyler Murray in the face right next to me. Uh, yeah, it was pretty brutal. And now it's been blowing up over Twitter. So. Hey, but wait, Rick. 
was it a fan who's a fan of the Cardinals who smacked Kyler Murray? So after the fact, yes, he actually tapped me on the shoulder and he's like, hey, I, I accidentally smacked Kyler Murray in the face. And I was like, whoa, so that was you. <laughs> so, yeah. But, and the fan was actually, he's out of Arizona. But why, would, why did he slap him in the face? So, I mean, I will say this. He was, he was, he was overserved. Okay. For sure. So what he meant to do is he told me after the fact, he was like, I meant to hit him on the shoulder pads. But in the video, it's pretty obvious. I mean, he just stuck his hand out there and tried to, and he just kind of, you know, kind of swung. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, it smacked him and it smacked him right in the face. So, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Well, the NFL says they're investigating. Has this person been contacted? Well, you don't even know the person, I'm guessing, right? No, I don't know the person. He just happened to be right next to me, you know, my brother-in-laws, my cousins, and then my best friend right there, right up in the front. <clears throat> so, okay. no, I mean, um, he did let he did say his name. He did say his name to me, but I don't remember it, honestly. All right. Well, thank you, Rick, and congrats on the win. Yes, Paul. I've watched this video about 20 times. Kyler Murray's hyped up, runs to the front row of the crowd, I know. and they're up against the board. They're just like three inches higher than him, so they're like face-to-face. -face. He swings Kyler Murray like a high five to this first guy that's got his hand out, and then everyone starts pounding Kyler Murray's shoulder pads and reaching out to pound his shoulder pads. It does not seem like this fan that was targeting him, like trying to hit him in the face, is more so like, hey, I can't believe there's an NFL player engaging us, let's all reach out and pat him on the on the shoulder pads, and I hit his lower chin. I thought that he was reaching out and he was going to like give him a high five, but this fan's is saying that he was trying to hit him on the shoulder pads. And Kyler Murray absolutely ran in and swung his arm like, give me a high five to this first guy. Yeah. And it was like green light, everyone tried to do it. Yes, Todd. With fans like that, who needs enemies, right, Danny? <laughs> Thank you, Mike Tyson. Uh, Clark in Connecticut. Hey, Clark, what's on your mind today? How are we doing, Dan? Good, uh, good five, point. eleven, and three quarters. Right. One seventy. <laughs> um, so, Dan, you you were the one that gave me uh, that sage advice before I gave my uh, my speech over the weekend at the wedding. How did it go? I, you know, you always have it in your head that you're going to get all these different laughs. It fell short in a lot of different areas, but uh, my question for you, Dan, you gave me that great advice. We, we ping-ponged back and forth from Hamlet, brevity, soul of wit, made my day that moment. Here's my question. I go up and I give that speech, and I open by telling the crowd the advice that you gave me. Was oh. that a mistake? Okay. Name-dropping. Right. Exactly. We're on the ride home with my wife, uh, who sat with you in the back row at the wedding. And what she says to me, she's never been one to – to sort of um, sugarcoat things. I'm sort of down, and I don't really know why. And she says, you shouldn't have name-dropped. You shouldn't have name-dropped. In my head, I was like, oh, my God, I've been in a hurt locker ever since. <laughs> Thank you, Clark. Don't drop my name. Because I was at a wedding this past weekend where somebody gave a speech, and when I saw him, I said, hey, brevity. Can't go wrong with brevity. He starts the speech with, Dan Patrick gave me some advice. Yeah. And I went, oh, no. All right, let's just have a guy code that if I give you advice, you're on your own. I don't, I don't want any credit, and I don't want any blame. Because I'm not going to get credit, but I'm going to get blame. Like, man, did Dan Patrick help him write that speech? That was terrible. Yes, yes, Mark. 
do you always tell best men to not bring up stuff when yes. you guys were in college and single? Yes. That is just the worst. Yes. 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 That's usually what I say. Make sure that you're you're playing to the entire room. That could be somebody who is 20 and somebody who is 85. And you can't do a reference where seven people get it. You got to play to the room, make it big, compliment. There was one moment at a wedding I went to, and that was the speech was, hey, the, the best man speech was, hey, you know, now that you're uh, married, um, it's, it's time to hear from your, some of your former girlfriends, and uh, some of them are here today, and it's time to bring up your apartment keys to such and such's apartment. So you had 15 women, including a, you know, a couple of grandmothers. You had like 80-year-old <laughs> women walking up there. That's good. And it was staged, and it was really funny. So you had young, you know, middle-aged and old, and a couple of these grandmothers walking up there, taking their time with their key and holding it. And it was funny. I thought that that was uh, really well done. Yeah, Paul. You're right. Marvin's right about the thing. Anytime I'm at a wedding and the first line out of the best man's mouth is, remember South Padre Island, 1993? Mm -hmm. It's going to go downhill fast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Daytona, 87. Yeah, it's not going to Remember go the sunburn? Yeah. Who would have thought we could have got that many people in a bed? Right, Tom? <laughs> yes, Todd. Yeah, and the average elderly person doesn't want to hear about how this person likes to get to, you know. Well, your wife doesn't want to hear that. Definitely I'm not, not. I'm not worried about my grandmother. My grandma probably pick up, like, you know, every fourth word. My wife's right there. Wait, what? All right, let me take a break. Back after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. He's Mike Carmen. I'm Dan Byard. We have a brand new fantasy football podcast called I Want Your Flex. Twice a week, every Tuesday and Friday, we come up with new episodes to not only look back at what happened, what you need to do at that minute, and also look ahead of what's coming up in the fantasy football world. That's right, Dan. Every week, we're going to scour the waiver wire to find the pickups to turbo boost your fantasy lineup, sits, starts, fantasy football players' rankings to get you ready to dominate the competition. Listen to I Want Your Flex with Mike Carmen and me, Dan Beyer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts attention all wrestling aficionados wrestling with freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season this is freddie prince jr and i am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back and joining me once again is the one and only jeff die get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches dissect the fiercest feuds and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling we're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned thursdays freddie you know we got to give the people what they want this season we have an all-star lineup of special guests we're going to be gracing our podcast bringing with them their own unique insights experiences and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. He's the Hall of Famer, big-time TV star, Good Morning America, and uh, has the uh, Mike, Michael Strahan apparel available at uh, Men's Warehouse nationwide, and he's got a new uh, skin and shave line, Michael Strahan Daily Defense, joining us on the program. Mogul, Michael Strahan. Is that, hey! is that your office there, Good Morning America? No, no, no. I'm at home right now, man. I, you know, I, I left work. I, I'm, I'm here. This is my home office. But hey, good to see you, man. And that was pretty funny. It'd be more entertaining to watch me mm. watch that game than watch that game. That was a pretty, that was pretty good. You might be right. What is in your office that I would find interesting? First thing um, I would lot, notice is what? Um, books. A lot of books that I've never read that they would put <laughs> on the shelf. <laughs> Thick books. But it looks like you've read those. So those are just for, for uh, yeah, decoration. Just for, you know, and the thing is, see that one of the here is slanted. And yeah. then these, they're, like, they're not like all the width. It's like different widths. So it looks like they just randomly mm. put there. Like they've been read and put back. These books have dust. Okay. <laughs> we had uh, Ross Tucker on. He played in the NFL for uh-huh. a few teams. But Ross said he missed the violence of the game. 
Like you can't hit anybody anymore. Do you? How much do you miss violence? Um, I called it controlled aggression more than violence. I, I I miss it. Yes, absolutely. I don't miss like randomly just hitting people. I even go to jail for that now. I I miss like having a plan and looking at a three hundred something pound guy and basically knowing that I am going to continue to beat you down until you submit to what I want. And that is to get to your quarterback or to make a run on that play on the running back. And that I do miss. That's, that's the only part. But after I watch a guy get hit one time now, after when I watch a game, I'm like, I'm good. I don't need to do that no more. Because if you watch a game, and I've said to my audience, if you watch a game from the sidelines, you would never let your kids play football. Oh, absolutely not. Just absolutely the sound not. of it is... It's scary. I used to do that with friends, though. I used to have friends come to the game, and I was like, you know what? Just stay down here on the field. And 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 I would talk to them on the bench and stuff, and then I'd go grab my say, I'll be right back for defense, grab my helmet, <laughs> run out there, and come back, and their eyes would be like this. Because I'd pick up the conversation right where it left off. And then you're like, because you don't realize how big and fast and how violent these collisions are until you're right up close. And then I, I tell my friends, too, if they're coming towards you over here, don't stand there and then think, well, if they get closer, I'll figure it out. No, 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 no. It's like the objects are a lot closer, but these objects are a lot closer, a lot faster than they appear. What was your welcome to the NFL moment, good or bad? Oh, man. Well, there were several. One, uh, we went to the play the 49ers my rookie year. I wasn't even playing. I was on the sideline. And I remember there's like Jerry Rice, Steve Young, Ricky Water, those guys running out of the um, uh, um, the locker room. And I wanted to get an autograph. <laughs> I didn't want to play. <laughs> and then um, my first time with the Giants, like my, my, I was with the Giants, and the first time the vets came in for a physical and Lawrence Taylor came in. And that was the greatest player of all time in my mind, the guy I love and adored the most. And he walks in. He didn't walk, man. He was on a conveyor belt. He just, like, just stood there. <laughs> and he just slid across the room like the old Spice man. <laughs> like, it was amazing. And that was that was a come to moment, come to, like, okay, I'm a pro. And then watching guys who walked in who were so jacked, so big, playing my position. And I'm thinking, if I got to look like that, I ain't going to last here. <laughs> I would never look like that. But somehow I did it, man. Somehow. But you're you're probably medium-sized for the position you play. Yeah. Right? I wasn't too big. But I, you know, I went through different phases. When I was a rookie, I came in at like 250-something in the combine or whatever. Then the, they're like, you got to gain weight. Well, back then, they didn't tell you, like, you eat proteins and eat healthy and do this. I'm at, I'm just eating fast food and pizzas. Like I gained weight until I was like an engorged tick. I was like 280. <laughs> Couldn't even move out there. And then they're talking about performance. What performance? Biggest performance you're getting out of me is watching me eat. So I ended up losing weight, getting to 270s for years and 260s for years. Then my last three years, I was 247 to 252 every Friday weigh-in, which made like I had three different careers. And the last part, getting down to that that lower weight, it helped me keep up with OC and Justin Tuck and those guys because at that point I was 33 to 36 years old going through those three years. And I gave me a new lease on life. Felt completely different as a player, more mobile, faster, and could just run all day long when it comes to assessing these edge rushers now like who gets into the hall of fame 
I hate that, the edge rushers. You're a defensive end. Man. I know, I know. The edge rushing stuff bothers me. Oh, they put him in, he's the edge rusher. No, if you're a football player, you play everything. I love playing the run more than I love rushing the passer. Rushing the passer was just a, another part of the job that I had to do that I was successful at, but I took pride in doing everything. So I would be insulted if somebody called me an edge rusher. I would be mad. Because you're one-dimensional? Yeah, yeah. And and I just wouldn't – I never – I, I took more pride in in like beating a 300-something-pound guy against a run play or defeating a double team on a run play and making a tackle than it was beating a guy one-on-one for a sack. I mean, that was the glory where everybody sees you out in the open and the fans cheer, but it was nothing like a, a playing the run to me. I but just love the but, physicality of but it. But what's the number now with sacks? Because it used to be like you got to 100 sacks, now you got everybody's attention. Now you have more opportunities to get sacks yeah. because they're throwing the ball more. So what yeah. what would be how are we supposed to assess sack leaders or Hall of Fame credentials for defensive players? Oh man, that's a, that's a good one. That's really a good one. Um I, I I think obviously the numbers don't lie. You still have to look at sacks. I do think you have to look at the era in which the player played also and and what the systems were at that point. Um, I, you know, watching Von Miller last night, I'm like, okay, he's the Hall of Famer. I, I the guy, just an incredible player. Uh, but, uh, but I think certain guys would make an impact outside of just their sacks, or just overall. And he is one of those guys. I, I think when you, I think a lot of things have to change. I mean, they added more games now. Yeah. I mean, uh, for receiving records, quarterback records, sack records, like everything is kind of, kind of changed and evolved and. I don't know how you judge credentials half the time. Did the 200 sacks now? Only person who had that is Bruce Smith. And I also, and one another one of my favorite players and a good friend who I deem to be insane for playing long enough to get 200 sacks. <laughs> <laughs> well, who knows how many sacks Deacon Jones really had? Well, Deacon, Deacon told me he had... 30 of 40 some 40 some sacks in one season. <laughs> I swear to God. Deacon, Deacon told me he had over 40 sacks in one season. And he was serious as a heart attack. He was not joking. <laughs> and and that's back when you were throwing 17 to 20 times a game. You know, they, exactly. You were running the football. To 20 times a game. He's out there head slapping everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Do you hold a grudge with anybody in retirement? Um, Are you mad at anybody still? You know, the crazy thing is I I am not – there are a few guys that I'm like, yeah, I never really like you. Like who? And who, Like who? Yeah. I mean, I probably the, – the one guy who sticks out in my mind is I, I think John Jansen. Played for the Redskins. Redskins. Off of the tackle. Yeah. I, I never cared for him. For some reason, just something about him that bugged me. Um other than that, like John Runyon was a big nemesis, but I always respected John, and he oh, he made me better. Eric Williams with the Cowboy was the meanest guy I ever played against, but he made me better. What do you I mean mean? For that. How, isn't everybody mean? No, not like Eric Williams. That's a different type of mean. There, there's mean, and then there's um, you know terrifying. And, and it's funny because Michael Irvin said to me, yeah, you know, every time we used to play you guys, I'd be like, yo, big fella, don't be scared. You better be ready. You got a straight hand because he was like, Eric would be like nervous. And I was like, I wish I knew that because I was scared of hell too. <laughs> but mean Dan is like, all right, they throw the ball down the field. 
I'm a lineman. They throw the ball 30 yards. What do you naturally do? You turn and you look. <laughs> At that point, I'm a spectator. What does he do? <laughs> Clubs you in the back of the head. Punches you in the back. Like, come on, man. Come on. Have you ever seen Reggie? You remember Reggie White with, with the preacher, of course. Who's the only player consistently, every time they play, Reggie White won a fight? Eric Williams. Ooh. You got the preacher wanting to fight. <laughs> you mean that? You mean that? I think God was on Reggie's side. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the, well Eric had the devil on his because he was, <laughs> he was something else, man. Uh, he's the Hall of Famer, Michael Strahan, NFL on Fox, and, of course, uh, Good Morning America co-host. What was harder, though, playing football or being a TV host on a show, you know, GMA, that's, you know, not sports-related? Well, I, I think, well, totally different. But, I, of course, football is harder in every sense of the word when you have to physically – get out there and bang your body around and not even the games, the games. Yeah, but you grew up, you grew up getting ready for that. You don't grow up no, getting ready know, to co-host yeah, I, I played one year high school football, so I'm kind of late to the game. So for me, it was kind of always interested in it. I always loved it. I didn't know any better, but the, like the physical part of it was tough. Mentally, it was tough on training camp days when you have two a days and you got to put those pads twice a day and run into the same teammate and you get into the pad, you get to the, the, the equipment room in the morning and you put on those pads and they're still wet from the sweat from the day before. And it's cold. <laughs> and you're like, I got to stretch on this ground with dew on it and get my pants wet. Like, Oh, I, I so many days I quit in my mind, but GMA is tough in a sense because it challenges me to, like be more engaged with the world. I got to know everything that's going on in news in the world. And, but it, it's been fantastic because it's, it has made me become a more well-rounded person. I feel and human being and understanding more about how the world works and works and what goes on in the world. And it's interesting. And I, I go into GMA with the same kind of amusement and awe as I went into a game. At, and as a football player, like I walk in, I, first of all, I can't believe I'm there. Um, and secondly, I'm always curious as I was in sports. So it's a perfect fit for what I've done in the past and what I'm doing now in the present. And then, you know, you're branching out. You're a mogul. You got the Michael Strahan apparel line. Now uh, new skin products here that uh, available at CBS stores. So it's all working out. Yeah, you know, you know, the name of it, Michael Strahan. Daily defense. Ooh, Creative. wow, man. Yeah, baby. Yeah. I've reached for that one. That's Reach really great. deep. But you know what it is? Honestly, it's um, we had the clothing brand and, 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 and which is organic to my life and what I do and suits every day and then casual athleisure when I'm not um, or, or work leisure, if you want to call it that. And, and then the skincare, because every day the grit and grime of being on TV or just running around every day and men don't have a routine. Men are very much set in the belief that skincare is something mostly that women do, or you just grab um, somebody else's products, put them on and hide, hide whatever you have in the shelves. But that's not what we develop. We develop something that I use every day, organic to me, um, and it has a lot of properties like activated silk that you only find in like Chanel products, very high end products. And it is um, a nice little routine that we have for men that takes about the same time it takes to brush your teeth to give you good skin. Because as we know, you dress good, you feel confident. If you got great skin, that's even more confident. Would so you, would, would you well rounded man cosmetic surgery? Would you do Botox? Oh, I, I, I don't need it, buddy. Look at me. 
That's fifty year old skin right there. Black don't crack, bud. I know. Good black don't crack. Yeah, you're right. No, you know what? Would I do Botox? I never thought about it. I kind of like wrinkles in my forehead if I got them. You know, it's kind of. I wanted you. I want you to see my expression. Mm. Yeah. Who do, who do are you mistaken for somebody? Like yeah, like I've been mistaken for so many people. Like who? I remember being at um, the Baptist Court Garden one time at a basketball game, and some guy walks all the way down to the from up top and goes, "Hey, Riddick Bo." I'm like, oh, "What, Riddick Bo? <laughs> I should knock you out for calling me him and have you sue Riddick Bo, thinking I was him." Like, <laughs> I've been called Riddick Bo. Of course, I get the Mike Tyson because I, you know, the the, the, the list and then the gap in my teeth and everything else. Um, Wait, you you were you would tower over? You would be Lennox Lewis to Mike Tyson. Thank you, thank you, but. People don't, I guess they, they figure, well, they all look short on TV or the same height on TV. I don't know. But yeah, I've been called Mike Tyson, Riddick Bo. Um, I've been called in front of my Fox guys. We were filming some promo in, in California and some guy like, hey, and I'm like, yeah, you know, he knows me. Yeah. And I'm with Howie and Jimmy and Terry and the guy goes, Michael. And I'm like, hey, you know, he didn't say nothing to none of you guys. And then the guy runs up to us afterwards and he's like, hey, man, I just want you to know that I was adopted to by a white family. And um, I appreciate <laughs> you telling your story. I'm like, I'm not Michael or <laughs> The blind side. And then, uh, and then all the guys, when I tell you, I was like, not in front of them, kid. Not in front of them. <laughs> uh, yeah. my, go- my job is to get to the guy that Michael Orr is trying to block. Exactly. But I'm glad you were inspired by the blind side, man. <laughs> good luck to you. But I am not him. I didn't. T- I just said thank you. I didn't even tell him it wasn't me. I just said thank you. I appreciate it, man. And um, good luck. Yeah, but I you You know heart. what? You can't top this. I had somebody come up and say, man, I listen to you every morning on SportsCenter, and I love when you say booyah. They thought it was Stuart so Scott. Scott? Yeah. They thought you were Stuart. What did they have a, they, obviously they need a new TV. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> the I, pixelation I, is horrible. I, I signed the autograph. I'm thinking, all right, you know, people, people still think I'm on SportsCenter. They'll go, I watch you on SportsCenter every morning. And I go, all right, haven't been there in 16 you know, you know years. The thing is, but it's, but it's a testament to how, what you did oh, there was absolutely. so memorable absolutely. that people can't even get it out of their mind. And your voice is iconic. Yeah, very and, lucky. And so, you know, and that's why you've had the career, man. But I, I look at it like this. When at, at some point, no one's going to care. No one's going to even bother. No one's you can walk into a room. Nobody even. Like, yeah. And so I, I always try to make sure that I tell myself, you are not, you are not what you do. So don't get so thought th- twisted to think that if you're not recognized for your job, that it means you have no value because at some point you probably won't be. And that's when it becomes dangerous. So for me, I just try to keep that in mind because at one point, all of this stuff ends and goes away. And you know, what do you have left in that outside of just enjoying your life and your family? So that's what I'm trying to hang on to. Yeah. You got your daughters when it's all said and done. Yeah. Yeah. I got those t- twins, teenagers, high school, seniors, boyfriends, volleyball, all this stuff. As Barkley said, if you kill the first guy who comes over, word will get around, then you don't have to worry about the next guy coming over to date your daughters. Well, uh, Howie gave me a great one that a friend of his said um, to one of the the boys. He said, I just want you to know, 
I'll do the time. <laughs> that's, that's great. I, I can just see Howie, you know, very, you know, hey, I'm willing to do the time. I'm willing to do the time. So go ahead, try it. Hey, I know you're busy. Always great to spend some time with you, Michael. Thanks for joining us. Hey. Good luck. All right, we got to do this more often, man. Miss you. Thank Good you, to man. See you. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 